Hello and welcome to the Sports Gambling Podcast. The the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. Bet $100 at WinBet and get a $100 free bet. Head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash WinBet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bet today. We're also brought to you by the College Experience. Get ready for the college football season by checking out all 131 college football team previews. Just go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash CFB. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash CFB. Hello, everyone. I am your host, Emerson Beer, and I'm joined with Andrew Rob. Hello. How are we doing, man? Hey, good, Emerson. How are you doing today? I am fabulous. I am living the dream. It's Sunday. It's one of my days off. Of course, you know, I'm a bartender, but I take, I'm take i taking off Sundays for football season, as I should. Um, ready for that Pomeranian to start tomorrow, like I was telling you before the show. Um, super, in, you know, just going to pound those underdog drafts before the show. Like I was telling you, my, most of my drafts are done except for the underdog drafts. So um, I'm going to do a bunch of those. I plan on doing a couple home league drafts, but that's about it for me. What's on the, what's on the uh, show uh, today? What are we doing today? So a few of the main topics here are preseason good and bads. Uh, a new segment we got called Trash or Treasure. We're going to do some Week 17 Correlation Station. And if we have time, uh, there's a segment about viable strategy that, w- that we might get to here. So uh, a lot of exciting stuff, and um, I'm, I'm ready to get to work. All right. Sounds great, my man. I see that we're starting off with the preseason good or bad. Some of the preseason, I guess, you know, hot names going around in the fantasy world. Who do you got at first? Yeah, so um, I, I don't know if you had watched any of the Panthers uh, preseason at all here, but um, obviously their rookie quarterback, Matt Corral, has a Liz Frank injury. Uh, coach came out and said that's you know, most likely season ending, uh, season ending. So I just wanted to get your take on what you think Baker is going to be able to do for DJ Moore, CMC, Robbie Anderson, you know, for the whole year. Like, do you think it's going to be good that he knows that he's probably going to be the lead dog? Or do you think that there's a possibility that they might bring somebody else in to compete with Baker? You know, I'm getting the vibe that the Panthers are going to wait till 2023 to get another quarterback. I think they're going to roll with Baker this year, barring some very unforeseen um, it's hard. It's hard to see any quarterback on the market, honestly, better than Baker at the moment. Even Jimmy Garoppolo, they, I feel like they just would have done that to start off with. So, I think we're going to roll with the Baker Mayfield experience. I think that's pretty much it. You know, I think that might be a wrap for Matt Matt Corral. Unfortunately, even before his career could even get started, you know, Carolina Panthers aren't likely to be that good, and they'll probably have a, a decent enough draft pick to get another quarterback next year. Might be in the backup role already. Unfortunately, you know, I don't know if he's Baker Mayfield's a big upgrade, but I think he can provide a little more consistency than the Carolina Panthers had last season. I'm giving DJ Moore just a slight bump in my rankings. Um, he drafted him at the end of the third round and best ball underdog. How about you? So I think that it will help DJ Moore with consistency. Uh, obviously, Baker has showed us that he is a viable quarterback for fantasy purposes, has some good years with Jarvis Landry. Obviously, OBJ was hit or miss, but you know that that could have been electric between the two of them if that worked out, I, I believe. So I do think DJ Moore gets a little bump. CMC, obviously, he's already being drafted one or two. So obviously, I don't think it really hurts him. I do think, you know, again, Baker showed that he can play. So I think that obviously they're not just going to come in and stack the box on him or anything like that. Robbie Anderson's the the mystery to me, to be honest. I don't know if him and Baker are going to get on the same page. Robbie threw some shade at Baker a while back. Obviously now Baker's there. So, you know, are they on the mend or is this just going to continue to be a disaster between, (laughs) you know, those two? So Robbie's the, the interesting one. You know, he's definitely a mystery. Um, I, I did want to ask, though, is there anyone else on the Panthers that you think could be a viable fantasy option, um, you know, just in general, any of the tight ends or Terrence Marshall, any of those guys? You know, I'm, I'm grabbing Robbie Anderson a little deep in drafts, you know, when he's there in that kind of wide receiver five, six territory when his name pops up. I'm grabbing some exposure to him. I certainly, you know, I'm not I'm not really worried about, you know, I think Baker Mayfield's more concerned about his just job at this point and trying to stay in the league rather than, you know, trying to have a feud with Robbie Anderson. So I don't think he'll be afraid to fire him up. Um, Other than that, no, not really. None of the tight ends excite me. None of the other wide receivers are very exciting. I haven't grabbed 
any of the other I don't think I have any shares of any of the other wide receivers across my underdog I you know what I am moving you know I'm just moving it's fun you know just like another podcast so it's fun I feel like to put CMC number one and you know what I feel like that's what I'm doing um, I think when, when my uh, home league draft comes up in just a couple days I think I'm going to take CMC number one and then in my underdog drafts you I, I still grab Jonathan Taylor number one because that's the only place you can get him really but it wouldn't surprise me before the season if we see uh, CMC move into that number one slot. Yeah, no, I, I agree. You know, I was looking at the Panthers uh, roster and there really isn't anyone that excites me as of right now, unless we see something in this next preseason game. You know, I'll, I'll probably just be sticking with uh, DJ Moore, CMC and Robbie Anderson uh, as well here. So let's move on to the next uh, next guy here, Cavante Turpin. Uh, I don't know if you saw the highlights. I'm sure you did because they were thrown down our throat on Twitter here. But he had a kick return and a punt return for touchdowns. You know, can he become a viable option for the Cowboys uh, in general? And do you think that he's a possible late round uh, pick for for best ball purposes? You know, I when when we I'll be honest when when we looked this I I was shocked that you had that name on there. I was just like, man, I'm gonna have to look I'm gonna have to look this guy up and get and get some information on him before before this show is what I thought. <laughs> You know, I saw the Twitter highlights, but this guy is a very old prospect. I've seen, I, I think he's 26 years old, but I've seen people, he's he's a small enough prospect where people are quoting him at 5'9 and 5'7. People are saying he's 26 and 25 years old in the last, <laughs> in the media the last couple of days. Um, he's 150 something pounds. That is uh, that is just such a long shot for any kind of fantasy purposes, unless you're in a, like a kick return league, you know. And, and that point, hey, this guy's exciting. Maybe you know as a flex option if you have kick return yards or something like that. Um, and I think he could sneak on the field, and he might have some big plays in the year. But man, it's just that profile, how that small of a body, that old of a player. Um, it, it it it's just such a long shot. It would be you know, there's no one like him who succeeded almost in fantasy history. So it, it would be a long shot. So I, I'm maybe in one draft, if you have Dak Prescott, stack him with Turpin. <laughs> yeah, I agree. You know, I kind of thought the same thing. I sat down and thought about it. I'm like, you know, can he be viable on the field outside of some trick plays, you know, uh, giving him some end around, something like that? I don't really think he can be viable. Uh, he does look pretty electric with the ball in his hand. So I guess maybe if Jalen Tolbert doesn't pan out for them or Michael Gallup, his injury lingers longer than they think it will. Maybe Turpin has an opportunity to come on there and do something for the Cowboys. But as of right now, I'll probably stay away. But I, I definitely want to talk about him because it was like everything I saw on Twitter for the next 24 hours was just, just videos of him. So just wanted to touch on that. But yeah, I, I agree. I, I don't think he's a viable option. He's probably at best sixth on the pecking order you know for the cowboys so um but yeah he he did look pretty good with the ball in his hands and i hate to say that as a commanders fan uh speaking of the commanders antonio gibson uh he is on a roller coaster here through training camp and preseason you know he starts out as the guy then he has a fumble and now people are all over brian robinson you know i've been beating the drum for brian robinson once they picked him uh, in the draft i looked him up Saw that he's a, a great running back with, a, you know, great vision, um, good ball skills. So I, I've been pounding the drum for him for a while. I do like Antonio Gibson. So my question to you is at his current ADP, which is 90, he's going as the running back 30. Um, are we overreacting to all this news or is he really just going to be maybe just the passing down back and sharing a little bit of, you know, uh, early down work with Ryan Robinson and sharing some of the passing work with uh, J.D. McKissick? I think we're overreacting at this point. I know most of the people who are talking about not drafting Antonio Gibson are quoting, you know, the his ADP on fantasy pros right now, which I think maybe is still in like round four or five range, which I'm not taking him there anymore. It's enough of a concern with him. RB 30. I mean, I think that's about the, that's about the floor. I'm still taking. I mean, I, I, I'm I could change my mind. In a couple in the next week or two, but I'm still taking Antonio Gibson ahead of Brian Robinson in drafts. It's just this guy's been an RB one the last couple of years. And, you know, he has I think 12 touchdowns each of the last two years, I think. And it's just like it's hard to believe that this guy, or maybe it's eight. I, he has a, he has a good amount of touchdowns either way in the last couple of years. And it's just hard to believe that this guy is. They're just going to ignore him. I know he has a fumbling issue, but he's very talented. We have a guy who's like this. You know, 
similar physical traits to Jonathan Taylor, same, same kind of speed, obviously completely different class of running backs since he's kind of a converted wide receiver, but it's just RB 30 just feels very low despite it kind of, this kind of feels like a little bit if they're trying to motivate him a little bit, I'd still be really surprised if Brian Robinson led the, the, uh, the running back field. So I, I, I that's a value at, at RB 30. Like I said, his fantasy pros ADP still in RB round four or five. I'm out on that, but at that range, absolutely. Yeah. 100% agree. You know, as a commanders fan, obviously I follow them pretty closely and, you know, as already uh, at running back 30, I mean, th- that's a great value. Um, he's actually a perfect target for a zero RB strategy where he's going right now. You know, obviously he can run the ball. He's a pretty electric with the ball in his hands when he can keep it in his hands. You know, that's that's obviously the main issue. And I do think that if Curtis Samuel, uh, you know, gets hurt again or isn't as good as they think he is, he could probably fill in that Curtis Samuel role a little bit um, and, and be just as good as Curtis Samuel is. So I, I do think, you know, again, I think people are a little over overreacting. Um, but again, if he continues to put the ball on the ground, uh, Ron Rivera is not going to put up with that now that they have a running back that is a viable option for them. Uh, so I, I do think his the, the leash is short, um, but I do think as of right now, I, I think we are definitely a little, you know, overreacting here a little bit. So I, I fully agree. Uh, last guy I want to touch on here for uh, good or bad with preseason is Nico Collins. Uh, you know, is he the real deal? Uh, I think that he has potential for 110 plus targets currently going in round 12 as wide receiver 69. I definitely see him finishing much better than that. So the value on him is rising and, you know, every draft I'm doing, he's going a little earlier and a little earlier and a little earlier. So I I do feel like he's creeping up um, pretty heavily here. So, so what are your thoughts on Nico Collins? He's someone right along with DJ Shark, right in that wide receiver. You have him uh, labeled, I believe, as the wide receiver 69 here. Yeah, DJ Shark's about wide receiver 62, 63 right now. Once that range comes up, DJ Shark, Nico Collins, those are my guys in that range. I draft them before, you know, I usually have draft them once that mid-50 wide receiver 50 start popping up. That's when I draft those guys. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm part of the people moving them up right now. He looks good in the preseason. He's, he's one of the only options on the team. If Davis Mills is going to be successful, like a lot of people think he will be, it'll, Nico Collins is going to have a pretty good season. Brandon Cooks, I like Brandon Cooks a lot. I think he's going to be good. His ADP is – I'm a little worried about Brandon Cooks. It's just, you know, the the kind of the concussion history, his kind of, you know, just – he's just tra- been a kind of a, uh, a journeyman, you might say. He concerns me a little bit, so – and he's a little bit older, so I th- I'm, I'm drafting Nico Collins in that range. He's one of my favorite players. Before I turn it back to you, though, I just want to talk about WinBet really quick. Thinking of joining WinBet? Now is the perfect time. New customers who bet $100 get a $100 free bet. If you're betting baseball, you have to check out WinBet. Their reduced juice in baseball games makes them the best place to bet MLB. Plus, the WinBet casino is always open 24 hours a day where you can get a 100% deposit bonus up to $1,000. Win also just released their first quarterback, their first quarterback with five TD props bets. There's so much to choose from. All you have to do is head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash win bet so they know we sent you. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bet today. Offers subject to change, terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older at present in the state where play through WinBet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. What is Odds Trader? Odds Trader is a place to compare odds from all major sportsbooks. You can also compare the different sign-up codes and promotions from Sportsbook to get the best deal. The app also provides player statistics, key game stats, injury reports, and projected game day weather for bettors to make the most informed bets possible. It also has a bet tracker so bettors can keep records of all your games and betting activity. Key points, features of odds trader, you may ask. Handicapping, play-by-play updates, live scores and bet tracking, and player statistics. Go to oddstrader.com slash bluewire. Today, odds trader, the number one site for all your game day bets. And now, Andrew, turning back over to you, what do you think about Nico Collins? Yeah, uh, that's definitely a guy that I like to be a round or two ahead on um, just, you know, to make sure I am getting him usually as my wide receiver six, seven, somewhere in there. Uh, I do like Nico Collins a lot. I think Davis Mills is he's probably going to struggle a little bit, 
But, I mean, they don't really have a whole lot of competition there. It's Brandon Cooks, Nico Collins, and then, you know, Brevin Jordan and, and a couple of backups that are going to get some targets here or there. But I think that it's really going to be target heavy for, for the two big wide receivers there. So I, I do like Nico Collins a lot. I would, at his ADP, you know, prefer him over Brandon Cooks if I'm choosing between the two, as you alluded to. So, again, I, I like Collins. I don't mean I don't mind being ahead of him, you know, a little bit uh, for the rounds. You know, usually I'll start to look his way round 10 or 11, depending on what my build looks like. But, yeah, I, I think Collins is the real deal. Um, and, again, you know, there's nobody else there to take targets away. And, and if Brandon Cooks goes down, he's going to be a target monster. So, um, you know, that's a great guy to get in, in the, uh, the mid-ish later rounds here. So let's move on to our next segment here called Trash or Treasure. Essentially what this is for everybody, it's uh, we're talking about players. Are they worth the pick at their current ADP and round? And are they valuable at their positional rank? Um, I scoured the internet and Twitter for players to talk about here, just kind of looking at who people are talking about. Um, you know, I'm, I'm in a bunch of different discords as well. And I was in there just kind of popping around looking at who people are talking about, you know, who, who are they kind of really asking if they're a good value at their ADP or not. So let's start this off here. Um, I'll, I'll ask you about the person. You can kind of tell me if you think they're trash or treasure. And then if you want to give a little synop, uh, synopsis, that's fine as well. I'll chime in on, on a few of these um, as we go through. So first one I have here is Debo Samuel. Current ADP 17 in the second round, wide receiver seven. Man, that's such a tough one. I'm that's that's like right in the middle. I, I if I had to say if, if I'm gonna if I have two choices, I'm gonna say treasure. I'm a round two running back guy. I, I'm usually hitting running back in round two. I like the values a little bit more. Camara, Barkley, Fournette, um, Aaron Jones, DeAndre Swift. That's usually my picks in the second round. But when I'm diversifying uh, Debo, when Debo Samuel's there, absolutely. He's one of my uh, targets there. I have him uh, right, you know, right alongside C.D. Lamb. So um, I do like the pick there. I'm usually leaning running back. So I, I do like the pick. And if you're leaning wide receiver in the second round, absolutely. I knew we were going to differ on this. He is a full fade for me. Um, I just cannot get behind him. I think what he, and it was funny because last year I was all over him in the, I think he was going sixth, seventh round in, in, you know, most home leagues. So I was all over him last year, you know, with what he was going to do. But I think we overreacted to what he actually did last year um, as at wide receiver seven. I don't think that he can pass that. I think that's above where he's going to finish. And at that value, I don't really think it's worth it, at least in my eyes, to take him there. So, again, I think Debo's a good talent, but he already came out and said he don't want, he doesn't want to run as much as he did last year, obviously, you know, due to injury risk. So I, that's not somebody I'm going to be drafting. I think right now I have a 1% exposure on him in underdog. So I'll just accept it and take it on the chin if I'm wrong. But I, I just I can't see him finishing as, you know, one of the top seven wide receivers. Um, next guy here is Leonard Fournette, current ADP 24. That's the end of round two, beginning of round three. And he's going as the running back 13. What say you? That's exactly where I have him in my rankings. Running back 13, right behind Javante Williams. That's you know, and that that's exactly where I'm picking him. I'm comfortable picking him there. You're betting on the offense, Tom Brady. And hey, if there's a dip on Tom Brady right now, not not that there is anymore. It kind of got cleared up today, you know. And especially, I'm sure as we get talking tomorrow, as this podcast is released, he might be back at practice. So if there ever was, you should have grabbed the Brady dip while it was because it was probably going to be nothing as always. Fournette's a good play. I have some concerns about Fournette. He has a you know he has a concerning profile, some injury history. Some lack of consistency. There was a weight concern this offseason, but I have him in a ton of leagues. Running back 13, absolutely in that kind of offense. You know, of course, you hate to see linemen keep going down. Like their third, what is it, the second or third offensive lineman just went down today? It's just like, oh my gosh, another guard. I, I, I you know, I know all the fantasy football names. Like, forgive me, I, I don't know the guard's name actually, but I believe one of their guards just went down with an injury today. So it's tough to see. So, you know, it's a little bit concerning, but for net, but I think that's kind of a little bit baked into the price at that point. And, you know, and the wide receivers going in that range, T Higgins, Michael Pittman, they all have their concerns as well. So I'm going to say treasure and for net. Okay. Uh, so I'm actually going off the board here a little bit. I'm going to say recycle. He isn't trash to me and he also isn't treasure. He's kind of exactly where I think he will kind of finish. I would say anywhere between running back 12 and, and 18, so I, I don't mind picking him there, but I think that the upside case for him is it's touchdowns. 
And I'm not sure with what's going on with their offensive line, if he's going to get a ton of opportunity to do so, because they're probably going to be mixing and matching different offensive linemen throughout the year. So I, I don't shy away from him, but it's also not somebody I'm really targeting. If he falls to me past his current ADP, he definitely becomes more intriguing. But at ADP 24, I, I haven't been you know getting a lot of them. So I, I'm, I'm going to go with Recycle. I know I created this segment, but uh, I'm going to go off the board there a little bit on that one. <laughs> Um, the, the next guy is somebody I like a ton, uh, is Cortland Sutton, uh, current ADP 34 end of round three, currently the wide receiver 16 trash or treasure. Cortland Sutton's in my least favorite part of the draft. Um, right after, you know, the elite running backs go Nick Chubb and Michael Pittman and T Higgins, you know, it just doesn't feel great. Sutton, Allen Robinson, guys like that sitting there, uh, you know, Brees Hall, Travis Etienne just kind of an ugly range of players I feel like for round three and four you know all very, you know kind of a lot of concerns about each one of them but you know what sudden is just one of the you know so because of that that reason sudden is one of the guys I draft a lot there I do you know I I grab a decent amount of Josh Allen just because you know kind of that that concern and that's kind of where he falls as well I grab a lot of Kyle Pitts in that range too but when I don't grab one of those guys Cortland Sutton's one of my favorite players I still think I'm still a Jerry Judy guy. I think Jerry Judy is going to be a big part of the offense, but Russell Wilson, I think the offense is going to be really good. It would, you know, they're both being drafted as wide receiver twos. And I think Russell Wilson could easily return value on both of them, honestly. So I'm big, you know, I'm a big, you know, I love Javante Williams too. So I think the Denver offense is going to be really good. I'm, so I, I would call, uh, you know what, I, I guess if, if we've decided on a middle term of recycle, <laughs> I would call, I guess I would classify him as recycle as well, because I have, that's about right where I have. He, he is definitely a treasure to me. Um, you know, that, that's a guy that I think could be this year's Cooper cup, you know, where new quarterback, um, you know, just goes balls out for him. I think he can be the number one target for Russell Wilson. I, I also like Judy, but um, again, you have the Bible narrative with Cortland Sutton and Russell Wilson. So I do think that, Sutton's going to have the first crack at being the the best guy for Denver. So in my eyes, he is definitely a big treasure there. The next guy, uh, I, I can just go ahead and say he's trash for me no matter where he goes, but it's uh, Ezekiel Elliott, ADP 38, beginning of round four. Uh, he is the running back 17 off the board. A trash or treasure? You know, I just I, – I get it. You don't want to get your exposure too high. I mean, the guy's certainly risky. He hasn't looked – you know, he hasn't had great efficiency, but, man – finishes as an RB1 every year, RB17. I, I grabbed some Easton Ezekiel Elliott in some drafts. Why not? I mean, the offense should be good. They don't have a ton of receivers. If he's healthy and he stays on the field, man, like are, are, is Tony Pollard really re- going to take over, like just take over the backfield? It's, I mean, it's hard to see Ezekiel Elliott not returning on that ADP. You're kind of – I feel like people are betting on an injury or – you know, or just a complete fall off a cliff, which I guess I guess could happen. But man, it's it's it just I I an underdog, especially if if you know what if you're doing a couple drafts, I would have more concern about drafting Ezekiel Elliott. It's just like you know that that's kind of a tough horse, uh, or you know, I don't know the reference. I'm looking tough horse to hitch hitch your horse to, or so, something like something along those lines. But <laughs> um, it's uh, it's yeah. So and then in those situations, maybe don't lean away from Ezekiel Elliott. But since we do so many drafts, why not? You know, it's it's the Cowboys' offense. It's Ezekiel Elliott. He's been great before. Why not? So I'm going to say I'm going to say treasure. I'm going to call him a treasure at the RB17. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Like I said, I, I consider him trash. Um, you know, it's it's Zeke. I just I, I can't get behind it. He isn't sexy to me whatsoever. He has Tony Pollard nipping at his heels. You know, it's I, I, my concern for Zeke, I guess, is. Where does he fit in in this offense? Because he he is the first or the first running back, obviously on the depth chart. But I do like Tony Pollard a lot more. Um, I think Dalton Schultz is actually going to surprise some people again this year. And of course, you know I, I'm actually high on CD Lamb. So at, just as a Commanders fan, when I get into the running back dead zone and I see Zeke there, I, I just will let everyone else take him. I have zero percent exposure, and I'm going to finish. And again, I will take it on the chin once again if he finishes as a as an RB one, and I have zero exposure on him. I'll just uh, it's a full fade for me. Him and Debo are riding off into the sunset and get shot in, in my eyes. So, uh, <laughs> so so big trash for Zeke here. Uh, next guy, first quarterback that we're going to talk about here, and actually, I think maybe the only one. 
Uh, Justin Herbert, ADP 45, end of round four, currently going off the board as the QB2. Trash or treasure? You know, that's it's tough to draft a quarterback that early. I don't love it, especially when you can get Tom Brady and Matthew Stafford kind of way, way later. You know, you know. so it's kind of tough for me to draft a quarterback that early. But, you know, especially if I draft a Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, I might let it rip. Um, I certainly have some exposure to Justin Herbert. Um, I, I'm not opposed to this, but like I said, it's kind of a rough range. I feel like, you know, you don't have a lot of confidence in the running backs and wide receivers going in that range. So Justin Herbert is certainly someone I don't mind pulling the trigger on. I usually end up going with a position player like running back or wide receiver. It's hard to call him. It's impossible to call Justin Herbert trash. I will call him, I will, I'll call him a recycle as well. That's about where I have him. I get some exposure to him. It's not what I'm doing in most drafts. Like I said, I prefer – I kind of usually, if I, I grab, I grab a little more Josh Allen than I grab him. And then I usually end up waiting until that Kyler Murray, Justin, uh, or, uh, Justin Hurts, uh, Jalen Hurts. Gosh, <laughs> I'm losing my mind today. Jalen Hurts. Okay. I can't talk. Yeah. I usually wait for those two and that range to get up there. Yeah. And, and again, you know, people are probably thinking like, you know, how can I put Justin Herbert on the trash or treasure segment here? But the reason I did is because he's going as a QB two. But when I did some digging and was looking at who people have ranked where and who's talking about who I, I haven't really found that too many people have Herbert ranked as the number two. So it was interesting to me when I looked up the current ADPs and saw he was going as QB two. You know, I, I think. Herbert is an excellent quarterback and I like the system and I think the chargers are going to be awesome this year. Um, but you know, like you said, it is early to take that. And it, he's one of the harder ones to stack with, you know, his wide receiver one or two. Cause normally if I take Keenan Allen, by the time I get back and I feel comfortable taking Herbert, he's already gone. So again, I, I just put him on here. I think he's treasure as well, but I, I'm not going to get a whole lot of them because I, again, I'd rather take them my shots on Lamar Jackson or Patrick Mahomes at, you know, a little later than that. Um, so it, again, it was just interesting to me to see that he's going as a QB two, and I haven't really found too many people talking about him as the QB two. You, you know, I, it's actually, I think a great strategy just to every, in every draft, there's the quarterbacks, there's going to be some drafts when the quarterbacks fall a few picks. When Justin Herbert falls like five or six picks, he falls in that fifth round. Grab your exposure to Justin Herbert then. Yeah, no, totally agree. Uh, next guy up here, Deontay Johnson, ADP 49, round five, wide receiver 23. Do you think uh, at wide receiver 23, that's trash or treasure there? That's, you know, saying that he's going to be a wide receiver too, but um, I'm currently holding my doubts. It's hard. Once again, it's hard for me to put him that low. I think I have him as wide receiver 20. I think I have him around wide receiver 20 in my redraft rankings. I can see putting him down a little bit lower in best ball because you have some guys who have some higher ceiling games. So I could definitely see him as wide receiver 23. But, but like I said, that's kind of right where I have him. So I'll classify him as a cycle. There's a lot of concerns in that Pittsburgh offense. I don't I don't love any of them. It's obviously a concern that Mason Rudolph even got in the conversation. Najee Harris is going to be one of the productive, uh, one of the most productive running backs in the league, despite the offensive line. They're just going to hammer him down. I did. I did. People came after me on Twitter and I didn't, I wasn't even down. I just told you I'm higher on Deontay Johnson than, than underdog is. And people, when I called him the wide receiver 20, the people came after me on Twitter and before. So it was like, okay. I was like, Whoa, he has his defenders. I, I have my concerns though. I, I was having him, he was going as like the wide receiver 13 earlier in the off season. And I had him about wide receiver 20 the whole time. So it's kind of fallen uh, a little bit more to it's, you know, it's called falling down a little bit more my way, but now I'm a little bit higher on him and I'm certainly going to grab, you know, as wide receiver 23, I'll grab a little bit before I turn it back over to you though. Run your pool is the home of competition, bringing sports fans and their social circles together to compete, connect and make every game matter more. Run your pool offers every game type under the sun from Pick'em and Survivor to Fantasy Pools. It's a one-stop shop for sports gambling with customizable features that you don't get anywhere else. We've teamed up with RYP to host a pool for our official SGPN NFL Survivor Contest. Hop in now to reserve your spot, $500 cash plus $250 gift certificate to the SGPN store to the winner. Sign up today over at play.runyourpool.com slash SGPN. That's play.runyourpool.com slash SGPN. Sleeper is also the fastest growing fantasy platform today with millions of players. You probably already have a fantasy league on there. I use it for mine. They just passed 4 million users. 
And now you could win on Sleeper by playing their new over-under game. First, in any sport, choose two or more players that you like and pick the over-under. If you pick correctly, you can win anywhere from two times to over 20 times the money you put in. With the NFL season right around the corner, Sleeper is the first sports cost first sports contest game built into the fantasy experience. Stop what you're doing and download Sleeper now to play their new over-under game on your mobile phone. Join our listener group on Sleeper at sleeper.com SGP, and Sleeper will automatically match your first deposit up to $100. Again, go to sleeper.com SGP, and you'll get a $100 match on your first deposit. Term conditions may apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. All right. And what are your thoughts on Deontay Johnson this year? Yeah. So I, I, do I think he can finish as a wide receiver too? Yes. Uh, do I think it's a high likelihood that he does so? Maybe not. Um, I definitely don't think that he has wide receiver one potential, not with George Pickens looking the way he does, not with the ability of Chase Claypool to come in there and steal some touchdowns. You know, I, I do like Deontay Johnson. I, you know, again, I, I had him on two teams last year that I won the championship with. So I, I like Deontay Johnson because of what he did for me, but moving forward with the, quarterback carousel that they're going to go through possibly you know I'm, I'm just unsure of what is going to happen you know he was big ben's go-to guy so i felt comfortable with him last year this year i just don't feel comfortable with him wide receiver 23 that's probably safe you know for him i just don't think that he can finish above a wide receiver too so there's other guys that are going around him that i'd rather take but he, he you know again he's he's a good wide receiver i know he's had his drops um you know issues before so i i do see the concern on him um but at wide receiver 23 you know he's okay I, again i i probably won't have a whole lot of exposure to deontay johnson but i'm not gonna beat up anybody that that wants to take him where he's currently going uh, next guy on the list is the guy I think you're high on here, Michael Thomas, ADP 55, currently going around five as the wide receiver 27. Trash or treasure for Mr. Thomas? That's my guy. That's my favorite. He's had, he's one of my highest exposed. He's certainly my most highest exposed wide receiver. Like that's relatively like, you know, high going in drafts, you know, Pat, you know, I have like, you know, some random guys, you know, that are going really late in drafts. So I have slightly higher exposure to, but. As far as the first 10 rounds go, I think he might be my host, most highest exposed player. Uh, I got a lot of that exposure when he was going absurdly as like the wide receiver three or like, like you know, I think he might have been going as wide receiver 38, like at some point in the offseason. That was absurd. I was just grabbing him at every point in the draft. He's, you know, I'm getting him a little less, you know, because every single draft, somebody drafts him ahead of ADP usually. So um, it's hard. It's getting harder and harder to get him. But man, I just have I just have him as a top twenty. I, you know, I have him as a top borderline top twenty wide receiver, and that's factoring in a lot of risk. I feel like, I feel like if we get remote, you know, we're factoring in a lot of regression, even going back to the wide receiver twenty. If Jameis Winston is even a, a shell of his former self, he's going to be hitting Michael Thomas a lot. It's hard for me to picture him. You know, I have him ahead of Deontay Johnson, for example. I will take him over Deontay Johnson every single time. So I'm very high on uh, Michael Thomas. How about you? Oh, man. I know we kind of addressed this, I believe, on the last pod, but I, I do worry about Michael Thomas. It, the ability is there. And Michael Thomas has fantastic hands, great player overall, route running's great. The problem I have is I don't know if the issues that he had with the Saints organization are all fixed up and, and he's you know happy to be there. And if he's not, I worry that he's not going to give 100%. If he's not giving 100%, I don't want him on my team. You know, there's certain guys I just feel like they just – you know, if they get pissed off, they're not going to give 100%. So I'm I'm a little concerned on that. I'm not shying away from him. I do have a, an okay exposure on him. But like you said, he was going a lot later earlier this this year, and I was taking him a lot more at that price. Mm -hmm. So I feel like where he currently is, you know, I already have the value on him over other people. So I'm really not taking him where he's currently going. I do feel he, he is still a semi-value there. So uh, I'm going to go with the recycle here. Again, I, I don't think he's top tier anymore, but I also don't think he's bottom of the barrel. So I, I'm not going to beat you up if you want to take Michael Thomas here, but you know, you, everyone should have been taking him, um, you know, the past month, month and a half when he was going much lower. Uh, next guy we move on here is Elijah Moore. Uh, Elijah Moore is uh, ADP 66 round six wide receiver 32. Uh, do you like Elijah Moore here? I know he's on the Jets, and I know the Jets suck, but uh, that doesn't mean for fantasy that he can't be, uh, you know, a treasure. So trash or treasure? He's a little bit of a better best ball pick for me, so I do like him an underdog. 
because I I'm afraid of those uh, those weeks when he's not going to perform because of the offense. But he certainly has those spike weeks, and I have him a little ahead of ADP. He's one of my favorite wide receivers in that range. Usually when his name pops up, you know sometimes I'm drafting if if Kyle, I have a hard time drafting him over Kyler Murray and Jalen Hurts when those names comes up because I usually get the, a lot of those guys. Because man, those guys, if, if, especially you know in those best ball mania leagues, you you know they could put up in that kind of an MVP performance, you know, or an MVP fantasy performance. You know, Jalen Hurts is not going to be an MVP of the league, but I do see him potentially putting up an MVP fantasy performance. So I like drafting him. I like drafting those guys a lot. So, but Elijah Moore and someone in that range, I have him a little ahead of ADP there. So I, I like Elijah Moore a lot just for the spike weeks. He's the most talented wide receiver on that team. I think he's a little ahead of Garrett Wilson for me. He's been showing out a lot in practice too. I think Zach Wilson's going to make it back. And, you know, even if Zach Wilson does, you know, if Joe Flacco appears to be, I think Joe Flacco can support one fantasy weapon. So I think that could be Elijah Moore. In redraft leagues, I'm a little more hesitant because I think there's going to be some uh, some bust weeks, unfortunately. Yeah, I, I kind of agree. Um, I do like Elijah Moore. Uh, my exposure on him is, is actually pretty decent. Um, I do think he can finish better than wide receiver 32. Um, you know, there's guys around him that I also like, this is one of those rounds where I'm taking a lot of wide receivers. So I'm kind of have big exposure on a majority of the guys going in this, in this area here. Um, I do think he is the best wide receiver on the team, uh, even with Garrett Wilson now there. So I do think that that, you know, tends to, to help him out. Um, I do think he's going to see a pretty big target share. So, uh, and again, I, I'm, I don't really care if it's Zach Wilson or Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco's fine. Um, Zach Wilson's okay too. I, I did see, I think it was Garrett Wilson actually said it that Joe Flacco throws a more friendly ball than Zach Wilson does. So, you know, if Joe, if Joe Flacco has to be there and, you know, take over for a little bit, I think that that's actually fine. So again, I, I actually think Elijah Moore is a treasure there. I do think he is going to finish better than wide receiver 32. Uh, next guy is somebody that I am just kind of, in on for a little bit and then out on and he's, he's a little bit of a mystery to me as to what to do with him but it's amari cooper adp 72 end around six beginning around seven wide receiver 36 uh what do you think about uh, hanging with mr cooper over here you know i kind of have the same feeling about drafting Mari cooper as i do about ezekiel elliott it doesn't feel great but man it's like how low can he go you know what i mean it's just like wide wide receiver almost as a wide receiver four as he was yeah, is that a wide receiver? Yeah, wide receiver three, almost a wide receiver four at that point. That, that's tough. Like, Amari Cooper is still one of the more talented receivers in the league. I know he's at an age cliff. I know he's been up and down his whole career, but that's kind of – that's, again, a value pick. This is – ADP on underdog adjusts really quick. He's not going that late on, I would say, most platforms. But on underdog, I think he could be a value. I And on most platforms, you know, a lot of people are saying fade Amari Cooper, but a lot of platforms, I think, still have his ADP and that kind of wide receiver almost – wide receiver two borderline and I would absolutely pass on him there but once you get to wide receiver almost four territory I'll call Amari Cooper even a treasure despite his lack of excitement <laughs> yeah no I feel the same way actually I, again I'm, I'm in on him for a little bit and then I'm out and then the whole Deshaun Watson thing you know he's obviously suspended for 11 games now so you know is Jacoby Brissett going to be a viable QB option for Amari Cooper here, you know, are they going to be able to have some sort of connection? So uh, it's not somebody I target, but if he falls far enough, you know, if he falls, he's currently ADP 72. If he goes, you know, 80 or later, I'll scoop him up and, and take a little bit of a value on him there, but he's not somebody I'm, I'm targeting. So I uh, honestly, if I had to pick, I would pick more trash than treasure on Cooper. Um, but I'm just kind of out on a majority of the Browns players this year. Uh, next person is somebody that I know I'm very high on, and I'm assuming as a Chiefs fan you are too, but it is uh, Mr. Sky Moore here. Fantastic name, by the way. His parents get an A-plus for Sky. That's an awesome name. I don't know if I could get that by with my wife, but um, if I could, I, I, I might name my son Sky. That's, that's pretty dope. Uh, his current ADP is 89, round nine, wide receiver 44. So as you uh, a Chiefs fan, you like Sky Moore? Not in 2022. I can't get on board. I just, you know, I know, I know the excitement's high. I get it. I'm, I love Sky Moore in Dynasty Leagues. You know, he's got a great future ahead of him, I think. This year, I think it will be the MBS Juju show. I think those guys will lead the team for at least the bulk of the season. Sky Moore's, you know, he, he's extremely talented. I like I said, he's more of a. I, I do. I don't mind the best ball. I, I I don't hate the best ball pick, 
I don't think he's really going to be viable in, in just standard season-long leagues. It's not someone I'd be, I'd be targeting anywhere close to that in redraft leagues just when you have to start a player because I think there's going to be a lot of bus games. But there is certainly a chance where he could end up you know, with a lot of spike weeks and end up in your lineup. I'm usually ending up with the running backs in that range, though. Get some Kareem Hunt there. You know, even some Damian Harris and, and, and Ramondre Stevenson, whoever depends up going on a little later. Antonio Gibson as the RB30 is someone I would absolutely still take over Sky Moore, I think. So, you know, right in that range, there are other players I'm looking at. I can't, I, I, I will not call Sky Moore trash on this rate. I will not do it on this podcast. I'm a Chiefs fan. I will not do it. So he is. Yeah, so you can call that what you want. I, I will not call him trash, though. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't blame you at all. I, I, you know, give me all the Sky more. I want all of it. Him, MVS, Juju, you name it. Chiefs. Uh, I'm, I'm a closet Chiefs fan. Um, you know, again, I, I know I sent you the picture of the the signed Tyreek helmet that I have <laughs> that I've been trying to finish up here. But I, I love uh, what Andy Reid does. You know, he is so. He's just a genius when it comes to calling plays. So I think he has a plan for Sky Moore, but I think he has a plan for everybody, to be honest. So the way I'm approaching Sky Moore is I, I would definitely take him. He's usually almost the last guy. Sometimes MBS goes before him, so they, they're pretty close in ADP. Um, I will take whatever I can get from the Chiefs offense. Um, I know in best ball leagues, a lot of, a lot of the – past i don't know i'd say 10 to 15 drafts i've done i usually grab two of them i'll grab juju and sky more or mvs and sky more kelsey and juju it doesn't matter to me i just want as much of the chiefs offense as i can get but i do like sky more um i do think you are right though he's probably better as a best ball guy than it is you know redraft you're gonna have to really have an injury for him to have consistent value in redraft but again we are best ball podcast here and i will take as much sky more as i can physically get so i he is a huge treasure to me at, um, you know, his current ADP of 89 wide receiver 44. The next guy, Damian Harris, ADP 99 round 10 running back 33 trash or treasure for a Damian Harris. I know, I know we love shiny things. I get it. Like, but man, I'm running back 33. Gosh, come on. Like that is too low. Like that's a treasure. Like I don't even, it doesn't, none of these names feel good. Calling. It doesn't feel good. I'm calling Amari Cooper a treasure. It doesn't feel good calling Ezekiel Elliott a treasure. But like at some point, you know, it, it's like, you know, we can't be taught, you know, this game isn't played on Twitter, you know, where it's like, you know, the, you know, having the sexy team is always going to win. Damian Harris is going to beat running back 33. I, I, I guarantee it. Like it's hard to pick. Like, Armander Stevenson, like in his best case scenario, like if Armander Stevenson leads this backfield, it's going to be like a 60 40 split. Like if that, and that would be like Ramondre Stevenson best case scenario. So, Running back 33. Mac Jones has no one of really note to throw to. Tyquan Thornton broke his collarbone today. Did you see that? Yeah. Oh my goodness. That see, that's unfortunate. So, like, they really is no Kendrick Bourne in the doghouse, I hear. So that's you know, it's a tough offense. I think they're gonna run through the running backs again. Running back 33. That's that's a treasure there. Man, he's kind of trash to me. I hate to say it a little bit. Only in best ball purposes because of the fact of he doesn't really catch the ball. You know, he's not the typical running back I try to get in round 10. You know, I, I want a guy that's going to be versatile for me. And Damian Harris just isn't, you know, that's why they have Ramondre Stevenson. They have, um, you know, Pierre strong, you know, I, I hate to say that name cause he might not be nothing, but he is there. They did draft him, you know, so I, I can't, give full hate there yet i like damian harris of because of what he can do between the tackles so i do think that the case for treasure for him is that he is a goal line back for them and maybe he scores 12 to 15 touchdowns and is you know i wouldn't say a weekly uh play for you but again in best ball like you don't need to to, to know that so i think he's a little bit of both um i, I don't want to say recycle because i do think that there's cases for both trash and treasure here so i again it's not somebody i'm aiming towards but i have got him i think he fell oh man 17 or 18 spots in a draft i just did the other night and i took him there because he fell so far um i, I just couldn't let him pass me up I, I passed him up twice in that in that draft so i i did grab him then but you know only because of his value falling so much so he's he's a little bit of both to me uh next guy is widely talked about here julio jones adp 116 round 10 wide receiver 52 so uh, the old man Julio Jones, trash or treasure? 
I have him as a treasure there. It's, he's a wide receiver five. I, I I would take him ahead of Sky more just because Tom, you know, Tom Brady, you know, usually develops a connection with those type of players. I don't think he's going to be there every single week, but I think there's going to be, I think there's going to be times this year when it's just like Julio Jones just has, you know, that fills that Antonio Brown role right there. You know, he has 80 yards and a touchdown or two. I, I, you know, he's one of my favorite picks in that range, you know, him and Russell Gage, you know, I think I have about the same. I think, you know, I think they could split the work pretty easily. Kind of, you know, there's some games where Russell Gage takes it. There's some games where Julio Jones takes it. In that range, you're, you're not looking for every every game starters. You're not looking for someone usually to plug into your lineup every week. So Julio Jones is an upside guy that uh, I like in that range a lot. Yep. Yeah, I, I don't really got too much to say about Julio. Um, I do think at that value, wide receiver 52, um, it is treasure. I do, though, worry that he's going to fall behind in the pecking order. Obviously, Chris Godwin's going to get healthy. Mike Evans is there. They have Russell Gage, who Tom Brady was talking up so much until he got hurt. So I do feel like Tom Brady wants to utilize Russell Gage. Uh, obviously, Julio's Julio. I mean, he has done so many things for me in fantasy that I, I can't call him trash, but I, I do worry a little bit that he's not going to get as much volume as we think that he might be able to. But I do think, you know, if all goes well for him, he will finish better than a wide receiver 52. Uh, next guy, tight end, Irv Smith, ADP 138, round 12, tight end 13 off the board. Trash or treasure for Irv Smith? Man, that's a tough one. That, it, it's like right along, man, you know, it's it's the offense. I, I'm not taking much of Irv Smith. I, there's a lot of tight ends that I like, you know, just as much a little bit later. You, you know, it's it's a great offense, and that's what you're looking for in a tight end. But he just hasn't done much. He's going to be sidelined until right about the start of the season, I think. It's just hard to it's just hard to take him with a lot of confidence. If if you're pairing him with another tight end, you know, like again, he's a, he's a good best ball pick, you know, like somebody that you know could have some good weeks, you know, and it's hard to picture starting him with much confidence. Like I said, though, um, he's not, you know, I'll take a recycle there. You know, it's it's tough to call him trash in that range because that's about where I have him. But there's certainly he's not someone I have a high exposure to, and I'm taking some other upside tight ends like David Njoku, who has muscle tweets just like Saquon Barkley. I, man, there, there was one, like, my goodness, today. It was like, oh, it's like, uh, do you do you want to – are we sure this guy's not a first-round pick? Like, my goodness. Uh, or guys like him, uh, Tyler Higby, some, you know, guys like that going significantly later that I like just as much. Yeah, I mean, I think you hit the nail on the head with Irv Smith. Um, I do think he – the offense is interesting to me, right? They got a new um, new coach, new offensive coordinator. I do think they want to throw the ball more. They, they've said that. Um, but I think the beneficiary of throwing the ball more is obviously the wide receivers. I think it's going to be K.J. Osborne. I'm – again, I'm, I'm this is a story for another pod, but I'm a full fade on Adam Thielen. I want zero of him. I have zero of him. So I think it's going to be K.J. Osborne and Justin Jefferson that – you know, get a, a lot of um, bump in volume. So Irv Smith is a guy that you want to get paired with somebody else. I don't want him as my uh, first tight end. So, it, you know, he he's okay. He's a recycle for me. I If I had to lean one or the other, I'd say more trash than treasure because there's other guys behind him that I think can, can uh, you know, produce more for, for the entire year. Uh, next guy up here, Jacoby Myers, ADP 144, round 12, wide receiver 65. Jacoby Myers had my eye last year. I had him on almost every team that I could. He was a volume play to me. I really like that he was definitely the number one on the team, which I do still think he is. And again, wide receiver 65. I mean, how does he not beat that ADP, right? He, uh, here's the the case against him, right? Is I've been talking to some, some people that are Pats fans, and they're like, how many weeks is he going to have a boom week, right? He's probably going to be just pretty steady Eddie throughout the year, which is fine. But he's not going to have you weeks that he probably wins you the week, right? So, uh, you know, I'm I'm not out on him. I'm definitely more in on him. But he's not somebody I essentially target. So, Jacoby Myers, where are you at with him? You know, like just like you said, I you know I'm glad that he his name came up because I've been calling people a good best ball pick a lot, and he's with someone I would call is not a good best ball pick because of that. I don't see him having many spike weeks. There are other guys in that his draft range that like DJ Shark. Um, like Nico Collins, who I could see having bigger games, um, you know, but like in a redraft league where I'm setting my lineup, I do have Jacoby Myers a little bit higher than that. You know, he, he you can start him with confidence a bit, you know, especially, you know, like Nico Collins, 
like someone I feel a lot of confidence, more confident starting him like week one, week two, especially ahead of Nico Collins. But give you know, in best ball, where I'm looking just for somebody who's gonna beat my starter that I've already drafted some weeks, I'll take Nico Collins ahead of him. Certainly not not trash in that range, though. So I'll take a recycle. Nice. Uh, next guy up here, Wandale Robinson, ADP 159, round 14, wide receiver 72, and this man is getting buzz from camp and preseason. How do you feel about Wandale Robinson? Um, and, you know, excuse the fact that he's on the crappy Giants. <laughs> yeah, no, once again, that that's a hard – it's like a wide receiver 72, you're like, you know, your instinct is to say just why not? Uh, yeah, you know, anybody you got there. You know, he's not somebody I've, like, I've over. I'm overexposed to like I, I I draft a little bit of them. There's a lot of guys though in that range though, just like have like a Zay Jones who have just a ton of upside in that range. Curtis Samuel. There's because some guys who are electric, kind of like Wandale Robinson. That offense is going to be bad. Barkley, Galladay's getting paid. He looks pretty bad in practice, but he's getting paid. Um, you know, like you know, there's Kadarius Tony if he decides to if he wants to play. <laughs> You know, so it, it's just tough to see exactly where he fits in in a poor offense considering. But like I said, best ball, he could have a couple weeks here and there. Wide receiver 72 round 14. Yeah, I mean, you're just looking for some dart throws at that point. So I don't hate it there. So he's more of a recycle. Before we get into our next player, though, or before I turn it back to you for Wandale Robinson, I'm just going to bring in another, pay some more bills, I should say. A trade coffee connects customers to the fresh, freshest and best tasting coffee they've ever made at home by partnering with the country's best craft roasters. These are independent businesses from big cities and small towns. Trade customers are truly impactful for these independent roasters, often being the largest source of new growth for them. Trade's first match guarantee. Trade is so confident they'll match you right the first time that if they don't, they'll take your feedback on an actual coffee expert or work with you to send a brand new bag for free. Right now, Trade is offering new subscribers a total of $30 off your first order, plus free shipping when you go to drinktrade.com SGP. That's more than 40 cups of coffee for free. Get started by taking their quiz at drinktrade.com SGP and let Trade find you a coffee they'll love. That's drinktrade.com SGP for $30 off. Level with me. We've all been in a situation at some point in our lives when we were a little tight on cash. Maybe you could only afford to put a few dollars of gas in your tank or you could have got another save the date and are wondering how, how you're going to afford a gift. That's where Dave can, can help. If you're living paycheck to paycheck or struggling to make ends meet, it can be really stressful when unexpected expenses come up. Now Dave can help you get out of a pinch when you really need it. Dave is a banking app that can help you get up to $500 instantly with the extra cash. That's more ba- that's more money to fill your tank, buy a wedding gift, or catch up on those bills. You can finally tackle those expenses that have been stressing you out without any hangups. There's no interest or, or and no credit check needed. Download the Dave app from the App Store right now. That's D-A-V-E. Sign up for an extra cash account and get up to $500 instantly. For terms and conditions, go to dave.com slash legal. Instant transfer fees apply. Banking provided by Evolve. Member FDIC. Future, you will thank you. All right. And uh, what are your thoughts on Wandale Robinson this year? So I think Wandale can be a viable option for the Giants. Um, but I do think he's going to be very boomer bust uh, every week. I don't think he's going to be consistent at all unless there's an injury to Galladay or Galladay just continues to suck and they just get him off the field. Or if Kadarius Tony obviously has, you know, issues off the field again, or if he does get hurt, you know, then it might change. But for me, Wandale, um, I, I do think he's a treasure at wide receiver 72. You know, I think they can get him the ball in space and let him do what he's, what he's good at here. Um, but the problem I have with Wandale is I'm not going to take him unless I have Daniel Jones. I don't really feel like I need to have him as my last wide receiver. So he's he's a guy that I think is a treasure, but only to Daniel Jones as a stacking potential. So it's it's not something I'm you know necessarily aiming for in, in round 14. Uh, this one was someone that I saw a lot of people talk about because he's like, you know, what what is he on this team? But it's uh, Taysom Hill, ADP 190. Round 16, tight end 25, or if you want to consider him maybe the bottom tier quarterback at that. So Taysom Hill, I mean, the the mystery man, what do we do with him here? Trash or treasure? Trash. I'm not drafting any Taysom Hill. Like, that's <laughs> over. It's over. It's it's set. It's not happening anymore. I'm, you know, tight end 25, I'd rather have Mo Alley Cox and Brevin Jordan. 
pretty easily well above him. Um, I just, it's, I don't even know if he's going to be the starter and he's going ahead of Adam Troutman. It's, it's not a very exciting pick. James, there's so, you know, Michael Thomas, Chris Olav, um, it's, it's hard to picture, um, Jarvis Landry. It's hard to picture him having any, you know, any, any kind of fantasy relevance. James, he's going to be the, the fifth or sixth target on the team, especially Alvin Kamara too. Yeah, no, I'm going to pass. Yeah, he's he's trashing me as well. Uh, I will not lie to you, though. He was treasure to me about a month or a month and a half ago or so. I was taking him as like my third tight end and three tight end builds um, just due to the fact of I wasn't 100% sure what was going to go on with Alvin Kamara. And as a tight end, I definitely wanted to have him on my team just in case he would get some short yardage goal line work or maybe he got in there to do you know a little bit of quarterback work with Jameis Winston you know kind of getting a little injured and not 100% sure if he's gonna you know be very good um, at least in my eyes so I was taking him but right now he's he's trash with Alvin Kamara gonna play this whole year there's really I, I don't see where Taysom Hill fits on this team so uh, uh, yeah I agree with you he's he's full trash right now for to me uh, last guy we're going to cover here real quick is Kyle Phillips, ADP 212, round 18, wide receiver 95. I put him in here because of the whole trail and Burks thing. You know, he's looked a little good and then he looks really bad, you know, and, and Kyle Phillips has been pretty steady throughout training camp. Um, you know, he's, he's got some work in, in preseason as well. Uh, and I actually think Kyle Phillips has a pretty good connection with Malik Willis. I'm not saying Malik Willis is going to play this year over Ryan Tannehill, but if he does, you know, that's that's going to be somebody, somebody that he's already familiar with. So Kyle Phillips, any thought on trash or treasure for him? Yeah, I mean, on, on an underdog team, no. Like, I, that's, you know, he's not someone I'm targeting. You know, maybe if you have Ryan Tannehill, grab him in the round 18 of your draft or something like that. But, you know, there's just a lot of guys. He just doesn't slot into a round 18 draft for me, unfortunately. You know, if, if we got into – if you're going in deeper and deeper, you know, you know, in the Superflex one, you know, where you got 20 rounds, you know, if a Pomeranian, another Pomeranian Superflex one comes out, maybe – but it, yeah, like I said, it's tough to rank. Well, you know, I have a lot of guys ranked ahead of him still. Kyle, you know, a, a rookie too. You know, it's someone. You know, this is kind of classic. You know, people. This was supposed to be the worst like rookie class in the last five or six, seven years, and now there's supposed to be 45 relevant wide receivers that got drafted this year. So, so you know what I mean? It's it's tough. You know, so it, the camp hype is real. It's uh, I'm I'm not he's not someone on my radar really. Yeah, I have drafted him in a couple of uh, a couple of best ball teams. Um, I've stacked him with Ryan Tannehill, but a lot of times what I'll do with him, I should say a lot of times I've only drafted him a few times, but the, the few times I have drafted him, um, it's usually because I draft Traylon Burks later or I'll get Bobby Trees or, you know, or I'll get Tannehill and just need somebody to stack with them later. So it, it's definitely – a strategy for me when I pick him is either the friendship strategy of taking another wide receiver and then using him as the backup, or if I take Tannehill and want to have another wide receiver, um, you know, besides Burks or Bobby Trees, then I will take Kyle Phillips. I, I do think he has the best potential on that team to have a quote unquote, you know, breakout season for them. Um, so that is trash or treasure. Uh, you know, again, I think I'm going to maybe reach out to some of the discords I'm in and get people to throw some players our way that they want us to talk about. And, you know, we'll do trash or treasure again. I think that was a good segment. Uh, next thing here, let's go over to the week 17 correlation station. Uh, all aboard this year's best ball strategy hype train, uh, correlating the championship round, right? Week 17 in, in underdog. Um, it's, it's pretty much been the talk all over all the live streams I watch, you know, people constantly talking about correlating the last week, you know, and that's because people are looking at it like it is a DFS contest between 470 people, right? Um, I, I do think that that's a good idea. Um, I do worry though, that people are losing sight of that's great to have the correlating week 17, you know, teams and everything in the games. But like, what about week 15 and 16? You know, are those matchups that you're eyeing up week 17? Do those teams also have good week 15, 16? Because if you don't make it to week 17, then your correlation doesn't matter, right? So I I, I kind of keep going back and forth on it. Have I went into drafts looking to correlate certain games? Yeah, I, you know, I do have a list of games here that I think are the best games to target. Um, so I'm, I'm going to list these off here real quick. And then I'm going to ask you, you know, what, are you on the uh, hype train for Correlation Station or not here? So 
the best games to target, at least in my eyes, are Broncos, Chiefs, Bills, Bengals, Saints, Eagles, Rams, Chargers, Vikings, Packers, 49ers, Raiders, and then the all elusive Texas or Texans, Jaguars. So, um, are you on the hype train for the you know correlation station here on week 17? Are you off of it? Um, do you think any of these games are good ones to target? Where do you sit at with this? All those games are week 17, right? Yep. Okay. So that's tough. You know, I don't certainly, you know, there's so much things to think about in a draft. It's not something I exactly, I think about a ton. I do have a list, you know, one of my favorite week 17 is I don't just love just purely thinking about week 17. It's a nice bonus. That Broncos chief game is someone I've certainly thought about. And that Rams chargers games is another one of my favorites. One of my one of my favorites. I I, I liked it. one of my favorite at least early in the offseason. This was one of my favorites. Is I, I love the Rams because they're. Um, let me pull this up here. Their playoff, uh, their fantasy playoff schedule is Green Bay, Denver, and the LA Chargers. So I had a lot of best ball teams that I was drafting where I would just I would go you know have some Rams based off some Rams maybe Matthew Stafford some get some Cam Akers, you know uh, Allen Robinson. Cooper Cup, start off with some Rams, and then, yeah, sprinkle in these. You know, you can create a whole fantasy team off those four teams. So, you know, sprinkle in a couple Denver Broncos, sprinkle in a Green Bay Packer to get a couple L.A. Chargers to, with those uh, uh, L.A. Rams, and then you, all of a sudden you got a couple correlations on each week there. And that was one of my favorites that I like to build on. I like to kind of encapsulate a little bit more of the whole, uh, that whole playoff schedule a little bit more, you know. So, you know, if, if there's a great week, you know, 16 stack too, I, you know, this is something great I'd go for too. Like I said, it's not one of my most important strategies. Um, I just lean a little bit more on team correlation. I lean a little bit more on just taking the best player available. But yeah, like I said, um, it's certainly something I've thought about before. And if, and if you are going down that route, uh, Pursue, you know, getting some Rams and going for that playoff schedule is a good strategy. Yeah, definitely. And, and you know, again, I, I do think that what people are saying about it kind of being a DFS contest, you know, if if you're playing a DFS contest between 470 other teams, obviously what you want to do is, you know, you want to double stack your quarterback normally and then have a bring back, right? So it's trying to figure out which of the bring backs do you want? What stacks do you want of those teams? And again, like, the Bills and Bengals, that's one I hear everyone talk about. That one's going to be, I don't want to say overly correlated, but there's going to be so many teams that have so much of that correlation that I have a few teams that have a ton of correlation between that game. So just in case that does happen, I want to be, you know, with all those other people watching that game and, and kind of rooting on my team. But, you know, I, I think some of these other games are good ones to target, you know, such as the Texans Jaguars, like both those teams are probably going to be bad, but they're probably going to score a ton of points against each other. Like that's probably going to be one of the more underrated ones. And I, I definitely went in and have correlated stacked uh, some of these here. So I, I think it's a good strategy. Um, I'm very interested to see the data after BBM three is over and see who wins, see if it was due to correlation, I want to see the advance rates on it because, again, in, in my eyes, I think that you need to take the whole playoff schedule into consideration and go from there and see see where that leads you. Um, but, yeah, so I, I definitely think that the Week 17 correlation is, is something that people need to at least keep in mind. Uh, I know for, for me personally, when I'm drafting players, let's say I draft you know, Josh Allen, right, and I'm like – okay, I know that they play the Bengals week 17. I'll be going down. And when I get to the round where Tyler Boyd goes, right, if I'm looking for a wide receiver, if there's none there that I definitely want to take, I'll take Tyler Boyd to just for that little correlation there because you never know. Same thing with like Chris Evans at the end of drafts. I I'd have taken a decent amount of Chris Evans um, when I took Josh Allen or if I have Stephon Diggs or something of that nature. So, it, again, I don't think it's something that you have to go hot and heavy for, but I do think it's a good idea to at least keep it in mind, and maybe that's a tiebreaker for you between, between different players. So um, anything else with Week 17 correlation that you want to add in there? You know, like I said, you know, it's something that's never – I don't like to go over – go overboard on any of those strategies. You know, it's like anything else. I think it's a tie, you know, like it's a tiebreaker thing, you know, factor it in with your stacks, factor it in, you know, know, like if you're deciding between a couple players in the same tier, you got to check out if they're they're in a great week 17 matchup. But, you know, I wouldn't uh, overdraft somebody based on that. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, Last thing we have here, uh, do you want to go over, is it viable? You want to put that on this pod or save it for next time? (laughs) 
Oh, you know what? Well, well, let's 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 give it its due justice, and we'll save it for next time. They like to stop it at an hour to to get it straight to the point. So we'll we'll, we'll cut it off, and then so we don't have to rush that topic for next time. Okay, sounds good. Well, uh, Emerson, it's been fun as always. Um, you know, everybody, check us out on Twitter. Uh, I am at a Rob twenty three. Emerson is at uh, is it Dynasty underscore analyst, or is it just Dynasty analyst? Dynasty underscore analyst. Thank you so much. It's been a great pod. Once again, uh, show number three down. We're just going to keep doing it until they take us off, like I keep telling. Uh, I'm going to be watching some Game of Thrones here shortly. It's about one hour away. Um, I might go, you know, I was telling you I was going to grab a beer, but actually I just turned it into a Game of Thrones watch party. So I have some people coming over, going to watch the new show. Maybe have a little wine, you know, so it ought to be a fun night. Some mead, mead. Yeah, yeah. yeah, we'll pretend like it's mead. (laughs) So that ought to be fun. But uh, yeah, that'll be what I'm doing. Uh, The Pomeranian starts tomorrow, everybody. Use that SGPN promo code. Um, You know, if you're going to work, just plan on being unproductive in the morning. It's going to fill up very quickly. So get in those drafts. Yes, yes, definitely. And uh, the puppy should be, the the next puppy should be coming out in the near future. Man, they they really they really left us hanging there. They they left they they posted if if you're for you for those that don't know they posted a Twitter like that you know the Pomeranians coming out tomorrow the following week and then they they teased the puppy the next puppy and they they kind of left it like a dot 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 after it said so who knows when that's coming out um, but the best ball mania you know get in there and fill that up too so but there's a lot of fun tournaments it's by far I tried to go play DraftKings and Yahoo best ball it's just not the same. No, definitely not. Underdog definitely has uh, has the monopoly on on best ball, you know, be, best user interface. Um, and again, you know, they they work with us on a lot of different things, especially with draft day two as well. So, um, you know, it's, it's underdog or bust for me. So. All right. Well, hey, everybody, thanks for joining us again. We will talk again next week where we will fit in some more underdog stuff. It'll probably be one of our last uh, underdog shows as we maybe transition a little bit more into daily fantasy stuff. So thanks again for joining us, everybody. And have a great uh, rest of your weekend. Hope you enjoy the Game of Thrones show like me.